0: Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. Okay, let's talk today briefly around who disrupts the classroom. So there's no doubt that students disrupt our learning space. Well, our teaching space and their learning space. And we've talked before about there's a difference between the teaching and the learning space. The teaching space, I am responsible for as the teacher, and I'm responsible for the learning space. The learning space is the only thing students are responsible for. So when you think about that, when we expect students to be the ones that change their behavior For the thought of others, that is a really heightened concept that even adults don't do well. So the fact that you are expecting students to do it is really quite ridiculous. I'm not saying don't set that bar high, but be responsible for the teaching and the learning space as the teacher in the room. You are the responsible officer. So, where do we go with that idea that other things can disrupt the teaching and learning space? One of the things we know, and when I say we, I'm talking about my whole team, is there is One person that distracts from the teaching and learning more than any other person in the room, and that is the adult in the classroom themselves. As the person up the front, and you can do this if you are taking a staff meeting, if you are with a room full of adults, if you're with your children at home, if you are the person that has the floor, think of an MC at a wedding. If you have the floor, wherever you take your attention, the class or the group in front of you is likely to follow. So, for us in classrooms, here's some food for thought. When students come in late and you are in the middle of delivering curriculum, teachers who choose to stop their delivery of curriculum to chastise or to interact, why are you late? Where have you been? Do you have a late slip? As the adult in the room, we have stopped the flow of the teaching and learning, not the students that are standing at the door. Because I watch other classrooms where it is an expectation, you come in, sit down and I will come and talk to you once I have finished delivering instruction. Now, if you're someone who doesn't like students to come in without knocking or waiting at the door, I've watched other classrooms where students stand at the entry point because it's the expectation. The teacher finishes delivering what they need to, and then the students get to come and sit down. Other examples when we have public redirections, public interactions with students around inappropriate behaviour, we, as the adult in the room, have opened the door. For not just that student to now have a platform to respond to us, to gain attention from not just teacher, but peers. Goodness knows, sometimes I see it from outside the classroom. So we have provided them with a platform to create a space where they get the attention that they want to. Doesn't mean that we tolerate poor behavior. But the thing I'm challenging you with here is think about, do I need to make this public? Because not only do we give them a platform, if we haven't given them a platform, we have opened the door for the conversation around disruptive behavior to invade our teaching and learning platform, our teaching and learning space. And what that often brings about, students who are happy to disrupt with high frequency are students who generally have no problem with confronting, with going toe-to-toe with the teacher, so the last thing you want is to make it a public interaction where they have a platform, or more so, their peers feel they can come in on the conversation and join the behavior conversation with you. So two quick examples, when students come in late, how do you respond? What are your expectations? Set them with clarity and follow through. The second is when we have a disruptive conversation, is it because we have taken it to a public nature where it maybe did not need to be public? All right, some other food for thought. The other ways that we disrupt, just try it when you're at school today. Walk from the left side of the room to the left other side of the room, to the right side of the room, to the back of the room. You watch students move their gaze to where you are moving. Now, here's how I apply that. And I think of that when I am managing a classroom or predominantly creating a teaching and learning space. If I have chosen to selectively attend someone's poor behavior, if I move over that way to use a skill such as proximity or a nonverbal, I am going to draw the view of the students with me who are possibly working or those who are in the middle band that might go off task easier if I bring them into the awareness that someone's not doing what they should. So sometimes just simply how we move about the room, it might pay that we move to the other side of the room, which can be hard because if we are used to moving to the student disrupting and bringing everyone's attention there, we're now shifting our natural flow to move somewhere else, get students working, and then we can come back and talk to that student if we need to. So think about where you physically move in the room and how that draws attention to the student who is doing inappropriate behavior or draws students to something that might get them off task. Doesn't always have to be a student that's been disruptive or off task. Just the fact you move to the door to talk to the principal, the fact you move to the window to look at the tractor that's outside the window. If you do not get students working before you yourself are distracted and then bring them off task, then they're going to come with you. Is there anything wrong with teachers being distracted? No, there's not. Goodness me. I go off task. You guys hear that in the pod. I will start chatting and then I go left or center, back and forth. There's nothing wrong. It creates an environment where we discuss, we show authenticity, and we bring the real world into our conversations with students. Here's what you need to know, though. If you choose to be the distractor in the space, then you need to be prepared to do the work to get students back on task and not become the grumpy administrator because, and when I say administrator, I don't mean deputy or principal, but you are now administering a behaviour or disciplinarian kind of approach because you took them off task to start with. Bring them back with learning interactions. Bring them back with clear expectations on it was great to have a discussion. Okay, guys, let's now get busy. We've got question three to five to get through. I can see Carolyn has started, pen in hand, boys at the back have already started. We go straight back to instruct, scan, and that interact around the teaching and learning. There's nothing wrong with disruptions in our learning space. And we have to stop seeing that as a negative term. We choose to disrupt, and goodness me, in the last few years, it's been used as a positive term to be the disruptor. So create environments where maybe students can be learning disruptors and have challenging, robust conversations about the learning rather than the disruptors through behavior that stops the teaching and learning. Think about how you impact the teaching and learning space and the things that you do change the environment in which you work. It is not saying that students are not disruptive and that they don't take the attention from the class and from the teaching. How we respond rather than react to that is pivotal in changing it and bringing it back to a learning environment rather than enhancing their platform to have a disruptive space. So just think about how you can change your behaviors because that is the thing we can control the most. Think about how we can change our interactions, where we move, how we respond, what we do publicly to keep teaching and learning at the forefront of the classroom. As I said, it does not mean that we tolerate poor behavior. What it does mean is that we set the standard for what we want to walk past and it is one of teaching and learning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.